for the last couple of weeks we've been looking at Ephesians 1 and we've been reading through verse 3 to 14 and Paul is talking about you know how we are in Christ right the privileges that we have in Christ so if you remember you know I told you about the 10 privileges Do you remember the 10 privileges it begins by we being blessed with every spiritual blessings then we are chosen before the foundations of the earth then we are predestined to be like Jesus then we are accepted in the beloved then we are redeemed by his blood then he has lavished his grace upon us then he has made known to us the mystery of his will then was the eight inheritance yes we we have an inheritance in Christ ninth is that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit tenth is that we are the certificate of God's glory we are the certificate of God's glory so last week we were looking at how we were the certificate of God's glory so we have ten we have these ten privileges of being in Christ and if you remember you know this phrase in Christ Paul repeats this over and over in all the epistles that he has written more than about 70 times he writes this phrase that you and me are blessed in Christ we are blessed in Christ think about that we are blessed in Christ how can you be in Christ you know it's like how many of you worked hard to be in the womb of your mother anybody really strived uh, did something how many of you, you know, by your merits, you were in the womb of your mother? Anybody? No? How did it happen? By grace. You get, you get, you get what I'm saying? Amen. Similarly, none of us can do anything to be in Christ. It is God who has placed us in Christ. It's absolutely God's grace that we are in Christ. What a privilege that we have that we are in Christ. So, you know what? We are sandwiched between two realities today. One reality is that we are in Christ. The other reality is that Christ is in us. Okay, it's like, you know, when you make tea, how you mix milk and water and they become one, just like that. How you are becoming one with God is, there's these two realities where we are sandwiched between. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. There can absolutely be ever no separation. You can never be separated from God. You're either in Christ and you're you know also that Christ is in you isn't it amazing awesome so you know we are seated with Christ we are seated in Christ but where is Christ seated where is Christ seated today he's seated at the right hand of God right he's seated in the heavenly places so Christ is seated in the heavenly places so our reality that we have in Christ is in the heavenly places it's not talking about you know something that that will happen when we die it is talking about today today you and me are seated with Christ in Christ even in the heavenly places right now so where is Christ seated he's seated far above every power every rule every principality he's seated far above everything right you and me are seated with him and in him so Look at all the problems that is bothering you today. Look at all the problems that is bothering you, that is coming against you. Are they above you? Are they at the same level as you? Or are they beneath you? According to this verse, 
Okay, not according to what you feel. I'm just saying according to the scriptures, the problems that are bothering you, are they above you or are they at the same level or are they beneath you? According to the scriptures, they're beneath you. Why? Because you are seated with Christ far above every problem, every principalities, every rule and every authority. That's a position. Now, yes, you know, we, you might, you and me can feel different. You and me can say, you know what, that's, that doesn't translate into my experiences right now. That does not translate into my life experience right now. That's fine. But our position is in Christ. And that being in Christ cannot be taken away from us because it is God who has done it by grace. We are secured in Christ. That cannot be taken away from us. So we have a reality. There's a reality that exists for us which is in Christ in the heavenly places. Which is in the invisible realm. You can't see the visible. You know, it's not visible. It's, it's the invisible realm. It's beyond the physical. It's, it's in the spiritual realm where you and me are seated with Christ in Christ in the heavenly places. So turn with me to Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. You know, when the Pharisees ask, you know, about the kingdom of God, look at the response of Jesus. Luke 17, verse 20 and 21. Jesus said, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. But how is the kingdom of God coming? Nor will they say, look, here it is or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So the kingdom of God, you know, we are waiting for the kingdom of God. Somehow, you know, the disciples, they were waiting that Jesus would redeem them from the rule of Romans, right? So they were waiting for a physical kingdom. Jesus is saying, this kingdom of God that we are waiting for will not come by observation. Isn't that the same today? The disciples then were waiting for Jesus to come and, you know, restore everything, restore them from, redeem them from the Romans. Isn't that the same today? That's what we think. We are expecting somewhere that in the second coming of Jesus, everything will be done, everything will be fixed. This world will just be restored like that. Aren't we thinking the same thing? But Jesus is saying the kingdom of God does not come by observation. The kingdom of God is within you, is in the midst of you. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I want to tell you the kingdom of God is not a visible kingdom. It's an invisible kingdom. There's a reality for you and me in Christ which is invisible, which you and me cannot see with our eyes. We cannot see with our eyes. There's a reality that we have in us which is invisible. Do, do you know that you know when, when a child is born, uh, they say that till the, till the age of five, you know, when a baby is born, the baby's inner world is much louder than what is happening around him. So a baby can, you know, a two, th imagine this, a three-year-old baby can walk around the house, can, you know, uh, can break a, break a very expensive glass, or break a very expensive plate, and still not really bother about it. Isn't it true? Because 
the baby's inner world is a much louder than what is happening around the baby okay could it be when jesus said in matthew 18 when he said you know truly i say to you unless you turn and become like children you will never ent- enter into the kingdom of heaven could it be that jesus meant unless you become like a child whose inner reality is greater than what is coming against you you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven we have a inner reality in all of us where the kingdom is existing within us because the king is within us when the king exists within us you know christ is within you there's a reality of the kingdom that is within you could it be possible that god wants that we live our lives from that inner reality where that inner reality that is in us speaks much louder than what is happening around us and what happening to us see we might not have control about what happens to us right you know anything can happen to us we we might not have control over that but you have every control over what happens inside of you there's a inner reality there's a reality of the kingdom that is bubbling inside of you that wants to get out that wants to you know overflow in your life and jesus said jesus said you know if you unless you turn and become like children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven so there's a dilemma today there's a dilemma today the dilemma is you know that there's an inner reality there's an invisible reality that we are living in but we are also living in a physical reality where everything seems so dif- difficult so there's a dilemma you come to church and you you know you you read these passages that you're seated with Christ far above all power principalities and all of that but then when you go back home you see man you know my situations haven't changed my circumstances are still the same there's a dilemma between this physical reality and the invisible reality how many of you agree there's a dilemma there's a dilemma like what you read in the scriptures does not translate into your you know circumstances does not translate into your life let me tell you one thing that this invisible reality that you have is much greater than the visible reality did you know that this invisible reality is much greater turn with me to second corinthians chapter 4 was 18 second corinthians 4 was 18 second corinthians 4 was 18 says as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal so paul is saying you know things that you see are temporary but the things that you don't see are permanent so this invisible reality that we are talking about is much greater than the visible reality turn with me to another verse in hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 Hebrews 11 verse 3 By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible Do you know what it, what is trying to say the author is saying that whatever you see in the physical came out of the invisible realm did you know that what you see in the visible the visible realm is only 1% of the entire reality 99% of the reality is invisible you don't see do you see radio waves 
Do you see the Wi-Fi signal? Do you see your emotions? Do you see your thoughts? They're all invisible. 99% of the reality is invisible. So when there's a dilemma between the physical and, you know, there's a dilemma between your two realities, between the visible reality and your invisible reality, you have to remind yourself that the invisible reality is much greater than the visible reality. And it's in the invisible reality that you are seated with Christ in Christ. Nothing can be taken away from you. It cannot be taken away from you. You are secured. There's, there's an invisible reality that where your life is secured, and that invisible reality is greater. Can we be like children where that invisible reality, that inner reality becomes louder than the physical reality that we are living in? Can you, can you live from that place you know, where it doesn't matter what is happening in the physical reality, but you are secured in your heart on what's happening in the invisible reality so that you know, you're, you're able to become overcomers. You're able to become more than conquerors. Look at Jesus. Did, didn't Jesus have any problems? He had storms. He had people trying to stone him. He had people trying to throw him off the cliff. He had so many difficulties, but every difficulty was changed into an opportunity to reveal God's glory. You know why? Because he did not operate from the outer world. He operated from the inner world. His inner world was louder than the outer, outer world. His invisible reality, he, he partook from the invisible reality more than he partook from the visible reality. He partook from what the Father had to say more than what the world had to say. Think about that. So, how to access this invisible? Okay, How do you access the invisible realm? John chapter 3, verse 3. How to access the invisible Did you get John chapter 3, verse 3? Okay, what does it say? Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You have to be born again to see the kingdom of God. Then verse 5, Jesus answered, Jesus answered saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The invisible realm, my friends, the invisible realm is only accessed by those who are born again. Are, is only accessed by those who are born from above. How are you born from above? First Peter 1 verse 23 says, since you have been born again, listen to this, listen to this very carefully, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of the imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Did you know that when you were born again, you were born again by the word of God? You were born again through the word of God? Did you know that? So how can you access the invisible realm? By the word. Only by the word can you access the kingdom of God. And that word is in you because you are born by that word. See, what is the devil trying to do today? The devil is trying everything in his power to distract you from what inheritance you have in the invisible realm. To distract you from what you have in Christ. That is all that the devil is trying to do. So the devil will bring you more problems after problems in the physical realm just to distract you from 
what you have in Christ. Are you distracted today? Have you lost your peace? Have you lost your joy? It's time to get back again. Luke chapter 8 verse 12. Come with me. Luke chapter 8 verse 12. This is the great parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. And Jesus says, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. You know what? Why is the devil coming to your life? John 10.10, 10, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to destroy you. But how does he destroy you? He cannot destroy you unless he steals something from you. You know what he's trying to steal? He's trying to steal the word that is deposited in you. Because he knows once he is able to steal the word that is deposited in you, then he can clearly kill you and destroy you. What, what is the devil trying to do? The devil is always trying to distract you from the invisible realm. Because the invisible realm, you can only access it by the word of God. You can only access it by the voice of God. Let me give you an example. You know, Jesus, when he is baptized by John and when he goes into the wilderness, he is tempted. You remember that story? You know, when he is tempted, the devil comes and tells him, if you are the son of God, turn stones into bread. Is there anything wrong in turning a stone into a bread? Is there anything wrong? Is it a sin to turn stone into a bread? There's nothing wrong. But the temptation was not in just turning the stone into a bread. The temptation was if you are the son of God. That was the temptation. Because the devil was trying to make him doubt his identity. Was making him doubt his inner reality. You know why? Because from where he's coming right now, he has just heard the voice of the father who said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know what the devil tried to do? He very cleverly, very deceivingly, he just, you know, he just subtracted the word beloved. And he says, are you really the son of God? He's making you doubt, he's making him doubt his identity. Are you truly loved? Did you really hear the word of God? Are you sure? Because you know what, if the devil could snatch away that word, then Jesus could be confused in his identity. And if his identity is confused, then, you know, the whole purpose and calling is lost. What, what did the devil do in the Garden of Eden when he came to Adam and Eve? You know what he did? He said, did God really say? Did God? He, you know, when God introduced himself to Adam, you know how he introduced himself? He said, hey, I am Yahweh Elohim. You know what that means? I am Lord God, Yahweh Elohim. What that means is, Elohim means almighty, all-powerful, right? So if you read Genesis 1, you will only see God created this, God created that, God created the heavens, God created the earth, Elohim. It's the almighty, all-powerful one that created the world, right? Just by speaking. But when he introduces himself to Adam, he introduces himself as Lord God. So if you read from Genesis chapter 2, you will only see the word, the name of God mentioned over there as Lord God, which is Yahweh Elohim. So God did not introduce himself as, hey, I am a sumo wrestler, you know, I'm Elohim. He did not introduce him like that. He said, I am Elohim, but to you, I am somebody who is relational. To you, I am somebody whom I want to belong. 
to you, I, I'm somebody who wants to have a relationship with. So when God introduced himself, he introduced himself as somebody who is relational. Lord God. But when, when we see in Genesis chapter 3, you know how the devil introduces God to Eve? He does not say, oh, did the relational God ask you? Did your father ask you? He, he does not say all of that. He very deceiving, deceivingly, he misses out the word Yahweh and he just says, hey, did Elohim really say that you should not eat from the tree? Because if you can be disconnected in your mind from this relationship that you have with God, you can be disconnected from the word that the Lord has spoken over your life, that you are mine, you belong to me, I love you, I care for you, I am concerned for you, I am mindful of you, your future is mine, you are secured in me. If you can be disconnected from that word, then he can kill and destroy you. That is all that the devil does. He would come into our lives and he will distract us by speaking lies into our lives. Because he, what he's trying to do is he's just distracting us by stealing that word. By stealing that word. Come with me to John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28, because I want to teach you how can we counter, how can we counter the devil's tactics, okay? John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Who hears his voice? My sheep. Begins by, my sheep hears my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. No one. Say with me. No one. There's no devil in heaven, on earth, in hell that can snatch you out of the hands of Jesus. There's absolutely nothing. You're completely secured in the hand of Jesus. But what he can do is distract you from that security. See, the devil can never snatch away the salvation that you have. It's secured in Jesus. But you know what he can do? is He can, he can steal the joy of your salvation. He can steal your peace. And how does he do that? By stealing that word that you have received. Any word that you received on a Sunday morning, I'm saying, you know, all throughout the week, any word, what the devil tries to do is attack you by stealing that word, creating doubts in you by stealing that word. Because once that word has been, you know, stolen from you, you're not able to reproduce that fruit of that word. So Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. The key is, hear his voice. More than this, more than the voice of the world, Focus on his voice. Focus on what he is saying. More than what the physical reality is telling you, more than what the visible circumstances are telling you, focus on what he is saying in the invisible. What is he saying? Close your eyes and just take a moment and see what is he saying. And I assure you today, even today, his voice is, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Even today. Take a break. Pause. Pause from your circumstances. Take a break. You know, breathe, take a break, take a deep breath and, okay, Father, what are you speaking? What are you speaking? Because once you hear his voice, my goodness, his voice can ring louder than all your physical circumstances. See, that's why Paul says, you know, we do not walk by sight, we walk by faith. 
we walk by faith we do not walk by feelings we walk by faith but here we are we are struggling to handle our emotions we are struggling to handle our feelings why because the outer world is still greater than our inner world jesus wants your inner world to be greater than your outer world that is when you can walk by faith how do you do this romans 10:70 says for faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god it doesn't say faith comes by heard <laughs> it says hearing it's present continuous you keep hearing you keep hearing so whenever the devil comes to steal the voice of god in your life you keep hearing the voice of god go back to the same word again and again no i received this word i'm going to stand on this word this word will come to you as fresh as it was the day it came to you the first time it can be as fresh amen okay so let's quickly revise okay what did we learn today we learned that there's a dilemma of the two realities what is what are the two realities the visible reality and the invisible reality there's a dilemma there's a dilemma because visible reality you don't see invisible reality you see but the thing is the invisible reality is greater than the visible reality right the visible invisible reality is greater than the visible reality and where are you secured where are you blessed where are you chosen where are you predestined all of that has happened in christ in the invisible reality right now how do you access that reality how you access that reality is by the word you access that reality by the word okay awesome now what does the devil do what is the devil trying to do what is the strategy its strategy is very simple deceiving yes but his strategy is very simple okay his strategy is very simple what is the strategy his strategy is to distract us from distract us from the word okay because if he can distract us from the word then he can divert our attention from the invisible realm to the visible reality okay uh, how can we counter attack his strategies how do you counter attack by listening to his word again and again keep listening to his word again and again okay now think about this illustration and i'm i'm going to close think about this illustration you know just imagine yourself uh, imagine that you are a ruler ruler of a huge kingdom okay there's a kingdom and you're ruling you are the ruler you're the solo single ruler and the kingdom they love you because you are such benevolent you're such noble you're a you're a you're a ruler of honor right everybody knows you uh, as that person so everybody trusts you everybody you know loves you uh, so how does that make you feel just think about it close your eyes think about it think about that you're a ruler and you have a great kingdom around you people love you you love them huh there's wealth riches everything that you can think of it's perfect okay now there's an enemy that has come against you okay there's an enemy that has just to intimidate you what he has done is is encamped encamped his army around your kingdom and what the enemy is saying is hey this is the only thing that i want i will not attack you the only thing that i want is just bow in front of me and i'll let you go bow in front of me and i'll let you go the deal is if you just bow nothing will happen now think about this what would you choose would you choose that i will rather die fighting this enemy than choosing to bow in front of this enemy what would you choose i'm saying if this really happens in real life would you rather choose to die fighting or would you be like ah let me just give it 
Let me just bow. What would you do? The faces that I see here today are very courageous faces. So I want to speak in faith that I think what you would choose is that you would rather die fighting than choosing to bow yourself to that enemy. You know, this, the story over here is similar. The only difference right now is that the, in, the, the enemy that you're facing is invisible. His attack comes in a different form of thoughts and emotions. And all that he's asking you is to bow in front of him. Would you rather choose to die while fighting than to give in by bowing to these thoughts and emotions? Think about it. Would you rather choose to believe that God is good than give in to doubt, saying, I don't know if I'll make it. Would you rather choose to believe my goodness, there's a breakthrough that is happening. Than given, there's, there's no hope. Because the enemy is wanting to just intimidate you. All that the enemy cares is that you bow down in front of him. What would you choose? What would you choose? Yeah, let's close our eyes. You know, all that the enemy cares about is to distract us. And all that the Father has for us is to love us and get us back into that reality. Come on, just close our eyes. Just close our eyes and just start thanking God for this privilege. Start thanking God for this privilege. He is so good. We are so secured in Him. There's absolutely nothing. Today, you and me can hear His voice because we are His sheep. Today, you and me can hear His voice very clearly because we are His sheep. So just, just listen to what He's saying. Today, He tells you, you are blessed. You are chosen. You are predestined. I have lavished my grace upon you with all wisdom and insight because I have redeemed you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. Oh, you are completely secured in me. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that you have blessed us. You have been so faithful. You have been so gracious. We thank you. We give you all glory and honor. We surrender in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.